Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Hello and welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. I'm Ben, and it's great to have you company today for episode two, one, two. This week on the Toy Power podcast, I am joined by Frank, ahoy, ahoy. and Darren. Hello, one and all. And we've got a special guest today. We've got Vinny from. Uh, he is the head of Paper and Plastic Records. Vinny, please introduce yourself. Say good day to everyone. Hey, good day. Vinny Fiorella. <laughs> I'm in uh, Florida, currently Gainesville, Florida, to be, in, uh, to be specific. Nice. Thank you for uh, getting up early, you know, having a coffee and things, uh, <laughs> you know, waking up those eyes and, yeah, coming on to us because I understand the time difference is quite dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, I wake up early in the morning, usually, and it's perfect. We'll talk some toys, I'll have some coffee, and beautiful fantastic love it great start to the day wicked (laughs) all right so we've got some get to know your questions as we always do with our guests and things so what was your favorite film as a 10 year old Vinny? let's see 10 year old 80 so that probably would have been i was into well go a few things early on uh i was born in 1970 i was a huge kiss fan (laughs) in the late 70s so uh, favorite film probably at that time would be Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Wow, Ooh, wow. nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. Nice, right. deep cut. All right. Uh, and look, as we are a, a toy-based podcast, your what was what was in Vinny's toy chest as a 10-year-old? What was your favorite toy? You know what? Uh, Stretch Armstrong, Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I... I had a really sort of like deep love for the peanuts early on. Nice. Uh, so uh, it would have been a lot of like, not necessarily toys from the peanuts, but a lot of like bed sheets from, <clears throat> from Charlie Brown on it and <laughs> a lamp of Snoopy and things like that. So it, it would have definitely uh, been represented around that time. Peanuts. Awesome. Wicked. Wicked. Some great stuff there. What was your favorite album? Uh, Kiss Alive too by Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into it as a oh, Kiss. I haven't. Uh, uh, my my son is about eighteen months old, and I'm at he's at that stage where he's fascinated with music. Uh, a lot of it is very uh, Wiggles orientated at the moment, but whenever he's, he's in the car with me and I pick him up, I was like, today we're going to learn about Led Zeppelin, and that's what we're going to play in the car on the way home. So Kiss, I think it will have to be. Uh, have to be on our next rotation for sure <laughs> you'd be surprised what sort of like uh uh links up with uh younger kids you know when uh my daughter's 10 now but when she was you know just a baby we'd be driving around and we'd play you know the interrupters uh take back the power was <laughs> was popular at that time on like radio so when that would come in she immediately hooked into it so you never know what what's gonna be that hook you know for for younger kids it's awesome (laughs) very cool very cool 
All right, so we get get into the uh, crux of the sort of interview now. So most of us enter a stage in your life when we think we are too cool for toys. However, you were officially too cool, being the drummer <laughs> and lyric lyricist of the spa punk band Less Than Jake, formed in 1992 and founder of the record label Fueled by Remen, circa 1996. Did toys still have a place for you at this time, or was it at all being a 100% punk rock star? You know, can you elaborate on this and tell us a bit about your, you know, touring with Bon Jovi and things? You know, <laughs> we... I'll, I'll start and answer the first part. Yep, nice one. Yeah. Yep. I, never, I, I never stopped collecting. Nice. There was yeah. Always, there was always, <clears throat> there's always something that I would gravitate to. Around 1992, I switched to Pez. Yes. When I first moved up, it was in college that uh, I was just, you know, shopping by myself. And I look over and there's a 59 cent Pez. And I go, oh, I'll just get it for shits and, you know, shits and grins. And <laughs> I have it and it goes up on my windowsill. And then I'm looking at it and I go back to the supermarket the following week and I'm getting it. And oh, there's another one. And I get it. I put it up on the windowsill. That's how and it always starts. Clearly, it just goes, goes, goes. And then I have, you know, uh, whatever it is, 1,300 of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and are they all loose or do you take them out of the packet or do you do I, 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 I For Pez, I take out of the packet. Nice. There's, okay. Yeah. No, except, except for I, I do have uh, a few rare, very rare things that I do keep. Yeah, uh, of course. And you know, are you a fan no. of the candy, or you just just the uh, the, style. the mold? I I used to, I used to be a fan of the candy, uh, yeah. not so much anymore. But uh, there was a few things at the time when I started collecting. There was like you could get raspberry, and that was in uh, Austria at the time. And you go, oh, you got to get that, and you try it. it. Was it was really good? It was softer than the the U.S. The version, hard, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yep. It was a little bit softer. So you had cola was another one that that you could get that was really good. So I was a fan of the candy for a while, not so much anymore. Uh, but uh, it was something about the toys, and it was, you know, funny because you gravitate to things. I, at least I do for collecting that I had when I was younger. So every Easter, my mom would make an Easter basket, and every year there'd be a Pez in it when I was growing up, and then. You know, as that thing sort of passed and my mom didn't make me an Easter basket when I was an adult or a late teen, <laughs> but seeing that automatically made me think of, oh, this is, uh, you know, happier times, yes. family times. Yep. Yep. Simpler season. times, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, for me, that's the reason why I collect a lot of things that I collect, right? And that's simple. It, it, it's just makes me go oh when i was younger this is what it is and this is how it made me feel so i collect that but to answer your later question uh it's pretty wild to tour man like to, <laughs> to tour in a band and go there's fun times and there's a lot of travel and a lot of like insane stuff but specifically you asked about the bon jovi and mind you i as a younger person i was a metalhead right yeah i, I yep. love i love Kiss and I love Bon Jovi. I loved, you know, go down the line of ACDC and and mm -hmm. everything. I turned into a punker uh, in my early teens, but before that, I was a metalhead. And uh, to tour with Bon Jovi was a very, very, very weird situation because <laughs> as a punk band, and there was no buffer. It was less than Jake, 
a 30 minute break and then Bon Jovi would come out and play for like two and a half hours. Every hit possible he would play, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, people, we were essentially the parking lot slot is what we call it. So as <laughs> doors would be opening, we'd be playing and bashing it out. And uh, people would walk in and go, I don't even know what this is. You know, I, I they had no reference point of what less than Jake is, but uh, it was it was cool to be able to do that and uh, play in front of people that literally never heard of the band. Uh, my brother, though, who's four years older than me and still to this day a, a huge metalhead, all his life he's been a metalhead. I had called him and I said, uh, "Hey, I, I have some news." Uh, I'm going on tour. He's like, well, that's not really news. That's that's the usual. And I go, yeah, but this time around, I'm touring with Bon Jovi. And it was it was literally like you could hear a pin drop, so quiet. And I go, you there? And he goes, yeah. I, I go, what's wrong? He's like, I I I hate to I hate to say it, but this is the proudest moment that I've ever. Oh had. wow! There we go. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Man. Wonderful. So <laughs> well uh that's uh, a nice little uh delve into your past there so let's move into a little bit more current so you currently run uh paper and plastic or paper plus is that how you say it? paper plus plastic paper and plastic paper yeah. and plastic okay paper and plastic records and uh wonderland war toys uh these were i believe inspired from the artistic japanese sort of vinyl toys dating all the way back Tell us about sort of branching out into toys. You, you've covered your, your, your sort of your musical history quite a bit. How do you go from music or musician, you know, touring with Bon Jovi, as you said, to making your own toys? And where does that sort of inspiration come from? Well, the, the, the crazier thing for me is that it, it didn't really land on toys first. Less than Jake, we're a, like a, a merch band, right? So we would do you know, tons of t-shirts and tons of variants on like colored vinyl. But we got into doing like these pretty outrageous, like uh, die cut vinyl records. So one was shaped like a piece of cheese <laughs> and the other one was shaped like a birthday cake. And we kept on going through it and we would do this very limited merchandise and very limited records and very limited runs of variants of records. But I was in California uh, in Los Angeles and I went to the Universal Studio City Walk. And there was a uh, toy store there called Sparky's. And I was looking in the window and they had a huge display of bobbleheads from Funko. And I never mm. had heard of Funko before, yep. way before Funko did pops and exploded mm. and, and everything yeah, like yeah. that. But I was looking at it and I was like, this is, this is awesome, man. And that throwback again of, of the bobblehead, I was like, this is super cool. I went in, I bought you know, they had only six at the time. I bought the six and I looked underneath it and it was stamped called Funko. And being the sort of person that has no uh, filter, I, I looked and I called and 411 at the time before pre-internet. Uh, and I asked, in Snohomish, Washington, I'd like to have the number for Funko incorporated to the operator. And she gives it to me and I call up. And I go, I introduced myself. Hey, I'm Vinny Fiorello. I play in Less Than Jake. And I bought some of your bobbleheads. But I'd really like to do Less Than Jake bobbleheads. Can <laughs> someone call me back? <laughs> and, and Mike Becker, who at the time owned the company and still does like the chairman of fun. Yes. For, yeah, yeah. Fun 
he called me back and he's like, Vinny, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, Hey, and, and we, and we talked about it and he became a mentor for me for toys. So oh, wow. not only did we do less than Jake, huge, uh, foot and a half bank, like 18 inch banks and a whole run of different less than Jake toys, bobbleheads and things like that through Funko to be on tour. But he sherpaed me through the process to do my own line, which started out as monkey verse robot later turned into wonderland war mm-hmm. uh and it, it without mike without mike becker i i would have no idea and and not have been able to kind of push through into production side of it and it really right. like lit a fire for me to go i, I want to to continue the arc of making toys so it went from production pieces in china and it pushed into handmade resin pieces that we would do stateside. It, it, it just, again, I, I pride myself on being able to push into anything creative. And if I have passion for it, I'll, I'll figure the workarounds, right? And if you're passionate about, about toys and about making toys, or if you're passionate about music, there's workarounds, man. Mm-hmm. And you can really push your, your love for it, but also your creativity into it together. It just takes a little bit of time and you just really truly have to Rubik's cube it. Right. Yeah. Cool. No one's if it, there's always a walled garden, no matter what. Right. And you have to figure out how to scale the walled garden. Right. If you collect Japanese toys and I collected, you know, Ultraman and Shogun and a lot of the original Pepsi man, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. it was before that you could just go on, pop on the internet and figure it out. So there's a walled garden of collecting Japanese toys in the nineties. So for me, you know, the workarounds, you know, being able to contact collectors, being able to contact manufacturers, being able to contact toy stores, go down the line. And I'm just here to say and be an example, really, of that no matter what your passion is, just dive in and and figure out how to do it. If you want to make toys, you figure out how to do it. You talk to people who've done it. You've talked to other businesses that continue to make it or market it. And, and you push in, you know, if you want to, you know, start a record label, you could do that too. And if you want to start a, a podcast and you want to start <laughs> all this stuff, there's ways to do it and ways to learn about it, but take your passion and be able to push into it and learn how to do it. There, there's so many tools out there right now with how the internet and, and how fast speeds are on the internet and how much and, and how literally how cheap storages that mm. you can literally do anything that you want and and i try to instill that with my daughter and i try to instill that with people who come to intern for me that no matter what it is you just have to start learning about it you have to truly push into what you're passionate for that's the only way that you'll be able to get over that like sort of walled garden so look he's not only a rock star and uh, a, a toy manufacturer he's a life coach as well <laughs> and a like... motivational speaker <laughs> I could I could TED talk with the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Brian Flynn of Super Seven Toys has seemingly a similar love for merging punk rock and Japanese toys. Is there something in that aesthetic style of those particular toys that resonates with you? I mean, Brian Brian does the merging of punk rock and pop culture. He he does it the best, right? Yeah. So I, I I could never really go. Oh yeah, you know we we share the same whatever. I, I don't know what he does. I just know that he does 
that that merging of those cultures of punk rock and pop culture he does it the best for me i i think that uh we were just misfit kids right i i <laughs> uh I was a punker, but I also collected toys and my friends were also misfits that read comic books and built models. And those misfits kids, they grow up to be adults and they have a little bit more expendable income <laughs> to be able to buy the, the two foot Shogun warrior that shoots the Chinese stars. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, I couldn't buy that at when I was uh, nine but I could buy that at 51, you know, <laughs> you know $500. So, uh, and I think that he, he captures that, Hey, this is who we were, but this is who we still are, except we have jobs and families. So let me remind you who you were and, and with these items, whether mm. it be misfits toys or whether it be, you know, the He-Man go down the line, Brian's, mm. Brian's Stunner. done and licensed a ton of very, yeah. very, very cool things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. So in saying all that, do you collect anything right now? Are you collecting any modern toys or are you still chasing all those vintage stuff or what are you? I, I, I do a lot of vintage, but for me, modern toys, I stopped at Simpsons toys. Oh, that's okay. Where, like for modern, that's where I stop. I, I do collect a lot of like cause uh, vinyl figures, right? And mm. I do uh, some of my favorite pieces are more art-based pieces. So the wooden piece I have from David Cho, right? And Mike Egan, who does uh, a lot of painting work, uh, and he's an amazing painter, but he also did a few of these uh, Sofubis. And I get into more of that than I, I don't really do series anymore. I still collect Pez. Uh, nice. so yep. that, wow. that's an insane thing. And unfortunately they go, there's so many that it just goes into a box yeah. right, <laughs> at this point. Right. So I have to be like, go into it when I've done, it's close to 320 something variants on the toys that I've, uh, that I've manufactured. Wow. So okay. that, that in itself is a, collection that that is unruly at, at best, right? <laughs> yeah. so I, I try to focus on okay I, I display that i own a tattoo shop in uh gainesville florida so i have my toy collection lives in the front part of the tattoo shop specifically <laughs> the toys that i've manufactured another love for me that i still if you if you remember it or not but circus punks do you know what that is by any chance it's like the knockdown dolls at a carnival where oh yes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 gotcha so so in the 90s there was a a brand called circus punks and i i i have a, the full collection of that but i also look for for vintage ones of not the brand circus punks but the actual knockdown dolls oh, so I, wow. I i look for that as well Oh, there Crazy. You go. That's deep. <laughs> All right. Um, changing gears for a second. You've recently uh, had a Kickstarter going called The Inevitables, um, yep. if I recall. Um, from all reports, it looks like you've smashed through your uh, various Kickstarter goals. Now, this is a bit of a, if I understand it correctly, a comic slash music record project um, that even boasted a Florida man uh, action figure. Uh, as one of the stretch goals. T talk to us a little bit about that project and where that come from. 
you know, I, I always wanted to combine comics, toys, music together. And, and Less Than Jake, we kind of danced around a lot of that, but never uh, decided to pull the trigger and kind of combine it all into one release. So with The Inevitables, I had some time. I stepped away from touring with Less Than Jake, and I had some time. And one of the, the projects that I wanted to do was toy, comic, music all together and the adding the music component is not really adding it in the way of trying to uh make dialogue and, and things like that adding the music component that could stand alone by itself was more doing the soundtrack of the comic book right cool. so uh there's a lot of reggae a lot of ska a lot of ska punk and punk in it and it kind of dances around different styles but more so in the way of uh, doing a soundtrack than actually staying in in lane and doing some kind of rock opera where you're doing dialogue, which <laughs> I, I just can never get down with that. Right? Fair uh, enough. Yeah. But, but with the Inevitables, it's people would describe it, you know, simply as okay. Here it's a kind of super group. But I just was lucky enough to have friends that were in a bunch of different bands. So you had, uh, if you're paying attention to ska punk music then you would know real big fish and the interrupters mm. and and uh big d in the kids table and uh bomb the music industry as well as westbound train they're all bands that have been around for a while and in some cases not around anymore but i i think that it was on my list to do and we kind of jumped into it me and my partner obi and it was a massive undertaking uh because Art takes a certain period of uh, period of time that you have to pay attention to it, and even if you're not doing it by hand, personally, just being able to corral the story with finding artists, with production, and the only drag it was a perfect it was a perfect thing, and it was great. Uh, the only drag about it is we had comics made in the UK, mm-hmm. and it was the same time that pandemic happened and oh, closed no. down yeah. and, and then uh, Brexit right after oh. that. And then another close down of Brexit. So the comics were delayed, uh, but finally the, the light out of the end of the tunnel has happened. So that is a, a, a beautiful thing. Besides that, it was awesome to start something from the ground up and have an all-encompassing project of toys, comics, music everything together so i give it a nine out of ten <laughs> no, awesome. oh, well done especially yeah that you got through it with all the what the world's gone through you yeah. know the challenges yeah what a, what a know, success it, story it, it, it's crazy to launch something in the middle of a pandemic yes. <laughs> not to mention brexit and all the rest of it yeah. if you could revive one dormant toy property from yesteryear what would it be you know what? It, it, it's it, Brian Flynn. Speaking of Super Seven, he did it already. I, I doing uh, the first round of Peanuts, right? So yeah, yeah, in the reaction oh, style, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he and he did it already. And if I had a if I had to go back and went, what what would I what would I do again? It would be, and I mentioned that earlier because it's just such a weird thing. It would be Pepsi Man. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, and and Pepsi Man, I. I it's 
it was a a rip of Ultraman in the Ultraman style, and it looked like Ultraman, but it was just for the brand Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the coolest thing about that, there was some of those toys that actually they put a cola smell into the plastic. Oh, so wow. Okay. Like it, it smells like that, the, the yeah. Pepsi, supposedly, but yeah. And, but mixed with, you know, uh, polyurethane and, and whatever yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> A plastic, but there's that faint hint of of cola to it. I oh. thought that was cool at the time. Yeah, yeah. very. Cool. I'm all, I'm a big fan of that that new plastic smell. I've opened up. Speaking of Super Seven, some of the the new Ninja Turtle uh, figures that he's doing, and it's the first thing I did. I, I I've cracked it open. I just held it up to my nose. Oh, yep. There, it's like a drug. Let alone yeah, with Pepsi, yeah. which honestly is my uh, soft drink of choice compared to the other uh, uh, red and white brand we won't speak of. Um, <laughs> yeah, imagine having that in an action figure. That'd be crazy. I love it. The, the, the thing, the thing for me, I I ha- have been in Australia on tour uh, plenty of times, and I would always go into uh, Chinatowns. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the amount of bootleg toys in Chinatown <laughs> yeah. at a certain period of time. I don't know if it's still this way, but man, it was like, Oh my God, there's so much like Ultraman and Godzilla. And uh, it's stuff that I couldn't find. Just be like, I know it's bootleg, but I'm just going to buy this anyway. Sometimes <laughs> it's like a beautiful, ugly, just uh, misthought bootleg that you're going, okay, I'm going to take this Godzilla with like a sombrero and a taco. <laughs> and, I'm not sure how they like, got to it, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to be stoked about it. And it's going to go right on my shelf when I get home. So, <laughs> yeah. Carry plenty of weird things across the border. Plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Is there anything that you would t- like to tell our listeners that uh, you have coming up? Like have you, anything in the pipeline or whatever you got working on? Well, uh, I- I'll start with the thing that I have been the most proud of in the past year. Funko actually did uh, two different uh, Monkey Assassin pops, and they did it in the, the special limited web store exclusive. And I thought, yes. to be honest with you, after all these years, and for Brian at Funko to go, yeah, you know, people people wanted it, so I did it. And there, when I got that email, I was one hundred percent. It was a proud moment. It was the moment of that 360 that happens of, <laughs> yep. yeah, this is, this is great. So number one, uh, just wanted to mention that and always thank you to Funko. Always a thank you to, to Mike Becker, who, who was my mentor and, and to, to this day kind of still is right. Mm. So coming up a lot of inevitables coming up, there's an EP digital EP that's coming uh, called versions. Basically that's, taking the stems of a song called American me and me and letting people have their way with it and do weird remixes and things like that and add their spin on the song. We have Florida man origin story that's coming up in the summertime. We're writing for LP two. I have St. Patrick's day resin toy drop. That's going to happen with <laughs> classic. Does it all? Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's a few other things that are in the pipeline. I'm working on opening the Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas with wow. with Fat Mike from No Effects and a bunch of other uh, punkers. So 12,000 square feet of punk rock artifacts and memorabilia. Oh, that'd wow. be sweet. Wow. How good is that? 
Uh, and that again, like goes the love of collecting and the love of punk rock and passion. I don't, I don't know shit about opening a museum, but I've been learning <laughs> a lot. Right. And, and I pres- know punk rock and I do, do know that, uh, you know, you follow your passion, man. Yeah. And that's if, if, if anything, our, our talk this morning and your evening, <laughs> just gotta follow your passion, man. If it's, yeah. if it's the love of toys, you follow your passion. If it's the love of Japanese food, follow that passion (laughs) absolutely i think all of us here in the room and and a lot of our listeners have you reach that point you get through those awkward adolescent years where you're trying to work out who you are as a person and and what you know you're really into and and i think uh perhaps less so these days but certainly when we were were young there's there's that stigma around you know uh, collecting toys because they're a kid's thing you're not a kid anymore you're you're 20 years old or, or whatever it is and I think a lot of us have reached that point where you go, do you know what? Stuff it. I don't care. I don't care what the world thinks. This is me. This is what I want to do. And you can li- like it or, or don't like it. I've, I've had, I've literally had friends of mine who I've known for, you know, 15 years and they would take one look into this room and just go, nope. And then just straight up leave. <laughs> and yet I've had other people walk into this room and literally jump up and down on the spot, clapping their hands in amazement because, like, this is brilliant, you know? So it's, it's exactly to your point, you know, do what you want to do and, and do it well. So mm-hmm. when they walk out, Frank, do they walk out of the house and you're not here for them again? or just? I don't know. They're quite happy to leave this room and then go get themselves a drink at my expense. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the that's sort of I'm friends for. I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have that type of friend. <laughs> I had the, this was just a few days ago. I, I had a, a very cool chance and an opportunity to talk to, to Brian, who did uh, the toys that made us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Brian. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And man, that, that, the story and the vibe, like, you know, and that's the, just, you know, the epitome of following your passion. You know, it's like, started at you know a comedy label comedy dynamics and worked its you know worked his way through everything to from working to owning you know yeah. and yeah. following his passion even more into doing those netflix shows and yeah. Yeah. that's the the top of the hill man you know it's between the double brian triple brian <laughs> yeah it's all about yeah. brian yeah if you know someone named brian be close to them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For, for, for real, you know, yeah. Brian at Franco, Brian at Super Seven, uh, <laughs> Brian from uh, from Comedy Dynamics, yeah. slash the toys that made us, yeah. slash everything else, yeah. that's awesome he does. Brian, yeah, yeah. if you're named Brian, start start doing stuff. That's it. And if your mate's name is Brian, just hang on to those coat ties. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brian too, man. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! I should have called my son Brian. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, well, I reckon opportunity. the name of this episode is probably the life of Brian. <laughs> life of Brian. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, mate, thank you very much for joining us today. We realise it's uh, the start of your day there. It's um getting close to bedtime over here. So, um, look, is there any uh, if listeners are more interested in uh, in what you do, where can they find all your stuff? They could find uh, The Inevitables at theinevitables.world. They could find Paper and Plastic at Mm paperandplastic.com. They could find me on Instagram at Wonderland War. And pretty much, if 
that's the three hubs that if yeah. if you're pointed at, you could you could find what I'm doing. Uh, if you're looking at my Instagram, you're just gonna see pictures of me and my dog and <laughs> some like skull art that I do. So rather cool. uh, weird weird place, but you could like it if you want. Nice, wow, that's cool. awesome, man. Beautiful. Mm. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us, Vinny. Uh, very much appreciated. Um, uh, this is uh, this was our second go at trying to line up this interview. We had some, a bit of confusion previously, but fantastic you are able to join us. Um, sucked into Trent because he's not here. Uh, <laughs> he did all the legwork. Trent lined it up and he couldn't even be here to chat to you in person. This episode was brought to you by Trent, but he's not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. All the best. Look after yourself. Yes. Thank you so much, Vinny. Take care. Bye. Catch. Okay. So we've got a little bit of time up our sleeve. That was an amazing interview from Vinny. Yeah. Really uh, influential and um, quite inspirational as well. So much stuff. Yeah. Incredible. And and he's a tattooist artist as well. (laughs) On the side. Throw it in there. Just just cause. (laughs) Wow. For a man that does not answer to the name Brian, he's accomplished great things. So Brian or Vinny, I think, uh, watch those two (laughs) names and people around your inner circle, so to speak. All right. Moving on to another topic now. So Ninja Turtles loot crate, right? We've talked about you know how um I'm Darren and I are fully in and uh, Frank was a little bit on the fence and things mm. and you know we've got a few already and uh, the Ninja Turtles uh, loot crates are really cool in the sense that we get some action figures and I kind of feel that's the the biggest difference between act, uh, loot crates of now versus loot crates of the past because mm-hmm. ever since I've jumped onto this Ninja Turtles loot crate and don't get me wrong I'm super excited about it I've been receiving emails and, you know, all the <laughs> algorithms are popping up on my social media to say, hey, we also do aliens loot crates. Spam, how about spam, you spam, How about spam. you sign up for that? And, hey, we've also got this loot crate. How about you sign up for that? So I can't help but feel, you know, and I think Geek Dude sort of chatted about this yep. a little bit, sort of put us onto this topic to a certain degree. Um you know, are loot crates the new blind bag, or were they were they a blind bag before blind bags were blind bags? You know, they got yeah. the term, and then that sort of you know, because I was all in when loot crate sort of kicked off the original stuff, and after a while jumped off it. I mean, they I had some mm. cool things in the sense you got a t shirt. I I got Ready Player One, that was a big call out. Uh, so that was cool, but I never read it, and I used it <laughs> as a prop for one of my coffee table leaning coffee table, you know, legs. But, you know, now, as I said before, now action figures are in the mix and that is a huge a change, uh, ga- you know, game changer for me. So I'm I'm all in. So these aliens loot crates and things, as, as much as I love my aliens and stuff, I'm, if I'm just going to get, you know, another pin and, and a, 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 you know, a, a pencil with a face hugger on the end of it or something, I just don't really care for that. Yeah. Uh, I feel all the merch that comes with the Ninja Turtles is... Um, just bonus to what the action yep. figure is. I feel so. the same. I'm I'm not buying it for the merch because I don't know what that is. I'm buying it for the stuff yep. they advertise. So, yeah. You know, this is the figure you're getting. You're getting Danny Pennington. You're getting the Scrag figure from Fred Wolf. You know, that sort of stuff. I'm buying it based on what you're tell, telling me I'm, I'm getting. I'm not going to buy it based on where I might be getting. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I just don't know what that is. Um, interestingly... You know, we had a conversation um, before privately about whether or not Luke created offered figures before. I, I had a memory after they did a Dark Knight Collections repaint textual Batman, which was the NECA 
1989. Oh, okay, right. Batman, but right. repainted in the yes, texture yep, colors. Yes, right. yep. um, So did that prior to the Splinter, yeah. Spirit of Splinter. Okay. Mm. So they've done a bit, but not a whole heap. Yeah, they've definitely done pop vinyls and things, but yeah. aside from that, uh, talking about action figure-wise, that yeah. might be, you know, very few, yeah. Well, it's interesting because that the first run of Turtles figures they did were largely, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were largely repaints with the exception of... The Bebop and Rocksteady um, bunny suits. They, suit, they were yeah. new sculpts, largely. Yep. Um, but Spirit of Splinter, obviously, a repaint. Definitely. Um, I, I, just sorry, on that Bebop and Rocksteady, I think if you look at them, I think the only difference would be the head. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Uh, yes, yeah, so they would have like stripped off all the armor and stuff and then just painted it to look like a bunny suit. So I guess it's, it's Necker's way of, I think... Because NECA, I guess this is the other important point to know for people that don't, is NECA actually now own Loot Crate and they purchased Loot Crate as a you know, part of their uh, portfolio, I guess. An extension of an arm. An extension um, of the yeah, company, yeah. exactly, yep. uh, several years ago now. So when you see Loot Crate, it's, it's effectively NECA. So, yeah, uh, we, we've spoken a couple of times about how character selection in these things is important because they're attempting to fill gaps in a collection that aren't key to you completing say your turtles collection or your dark knight collection in that example so i think they've done really well with the character selection danny's a a wonderful example that i sort of look and go yeah that'd be cool but i don't feel like my movie collection is incomplete by not having that figure so yeah i just i don't know i the question is whether they are the new blind bags I'd say they're the blind bags for adults insofar as we want to know, as as adult collectors, we want to know what we're getting for our money. Now, we know when you think about the contents of that bag, we know effectively 20% of what's in that crate when it arrives. But for us, for the people who are into action figures, that 20% is the most important 20%. We don't know that we're getting a T-shirt, what design, or a key ring, or any of the other things. And there's a couple of little things that, in the other ones that have tended to be quite cool. But I think it's a nice blend compared to a true blind bag where you literally don't know what you're getting. Yeah. All the loot crates of old that were, buy the Marvel crate, see what you get. I think this is a nice happy medium, to be honest, compared 100%. to what we yep. used to get Absolutely. from Absolutely. And, and the thought I'm having just as we're talking about this is, I'm not sure that Luke Crater started that trend with the whole blind bag action figure. I mean, if you cast your mind back to Maddie Collector a few years ago, you jump in on a subscription, whether it be Master Universe Classics, DC Universe, Ghostbusters, whatever, and you'd know, you'd be told what the first three or four months of the year looks like, mm. and then the rest would be wait and see, you know, but buy your subscription now. Yeah, I, and I really like the fact that you go, you've got the option to go all in and you get a, a bonus figure at the end. Like yeah, that was like something that, that, that yeah. was something I'd got burnt for in the past one because I didn't know that if I thought I was just signing up for one, I'm much more wiser now because yep. I know, you know, you pay at the start, you're gonna get be all in, so to speak. Yes. But I think this time around they also said if you only want Armageddon or whatever it is, Armageddon, Armageddon or whatever, yep. um, you can only buy him. You know, you, there's that option to click on Just the, the one you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, if, which if is a massive bonus. You, yeah, you want hundred percent. Now, I just want to also touch on my experience with Loot Crate. I went all in, right, and mm. then I sat by waiting for a confirmation email. Didn't come. Oh. A day later, 
didn't come. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, starting to worry. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, check my bank account. They've, they've certainly they've taken my money. Of course they have. So I reached out to Luke Crow. I said, guys, uh, just you know, their help desk. I said. Um, guys, I have not received a confirmation email. I can see you've taken money out of my bank. I just want to make sure I'm all in. I've got the credentials, mm. you know, all that sort of jazz. And, um, you know, waited a day or two. Yep, you know, got an email, generic email. We, we've received your email uh, <laughs> thing. But uh, like, I got three of them to say, sorry, we've got heaps of emails coming through about customer service. We, we will get back to you. We will get back to you. We will get back to you. And then finally, someone did get back to me. Yes, I can see it here and things. And I said, oh, thank you so much. It's exactly what I wanted to know. Perfect. Much appreciated. And then she replied again saying, oh, that's all right. Anything else I can do for Aww. you? So that's great. I rate customer service yes. on Loot Crate yep. 100%. Because I know there's been um, some issues with other customer service around the, uh, <laughs> around around the, the interwebs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I just want to reiterate, I have had fantastic customer service from Loot Crate. Apparently, you get a confirmation when the first, you know, loot crate ships, and that's their sort right. of thing, okay. rather than getting a confirmation, which I to say your subscriptions entered. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, which I was a bit like, hey, that's not right. Mm. So anyway, that, that I just wanted to shout that out to, um, you know, give a bit of a positive light. Uh, you yeah. Know, for uh, and otherwise, you know, a lot of customer service we, you know, poo poo on. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. terrific to know though that that's what's happening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what what do we hope in the what's the ideal scenario? Okay, yeah. thinking blind bag, th- taking the action figure out of the equation because we know we're getting that. Sure. What is out of what we've received loot crate wise in the past? What is the ideal pieces that you you know want in a in a, a loot crate? You well, know, is it a coffee mug? Is it a sweatband? A ninja uh, sweatband? Is ninja it sweatband. is it a you know a baseball cap? You know, yeah, you're gonna yeah. get a t-shirt regardless. T-shirt. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, the t-shirt is a given. I think there's usually like one other piece of of wearable something, and whether it's a hat. Uh, going back to the the other one, you got the the ninja, the foot ninja headband sort of thing, which was cool. Oh, I don't know where else you could go with that. To be honest. I'd like to see some sort of sunnies. I think yeah, it, I yeah. think if you you know like the Scrag figure oh, in particular oh, has that that sort of yeah, very yeah, uh, very eighties yeah. nineties like eye I beam. can looking like Cyclops I can right already see Davy being jealous <laughs> right like, yeah he would want to rock one of those no, very he would. hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> he certainly would something like that would be really cool the thought I had was like you know something like a you know the turtle wax from Oh, good you know, call. Yeah, 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 with with the uh, movie Dan. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be cool. Wax yeah. on, wax off. Yeah. I tell you what, Dan better come with one of those little fold out drawings that you know April does in the oh, movie. Oh yes, yes, yes. Leo, Shred- the Leo, the Leo, yeah, and that's yeah. what Shredder finds on him, sort of thing. Yeah. To know that would that, be perfect, wouldn't it? That would that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to know because it's you know I'm sure there'll be some sort of pin. I think in the last one there was those puffy stickers. Yeah, you got that, yeah. that could be used as like effects for your shell shock turtle as o- well. Also, you got the uh, sort of posters to go on your uh, street dioramas. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was wanted a... posters. I think that you know, I, I think anything diorama wise mm-hmm. is a welcomed addition. If you know, even you know how we got the turtles. I think it was the second edition. You got the cardboard cutouts of Rocksteady yes. and Bebop and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that, I think, is uh, to promote background. You know. Uh, bring the bring the shelf to life, so yes. to speak. I yeah, think yeah. they're really cool. You know, yeah. even even just a 
barrel or something that you could. I, I, I think the best to date has been that TV, the uh, holographic oh, the TV with yeah, shredder yeah. on it. Uh, that 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 sits that's perfect size for your figures and yep. you know retro and. Well, that's the thing. If you're yeah. all in on those uh, the arcade line, that's 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 the starting part of the arcade game. Yes. You're, yep. The turtles yep. are crowded around the TV. Oh no, you know shredder has invaded the. What is it? Statue of Liberty or whatever, yeah, as April's time, reporting yeah. on yeah. it and that sort of thing. Like so it's on the Statue of Liberty. It is, yeah, yeah. So it's it's perfect for that sort of stuff. That's that's one I have kept. I have moved some of my stuff on, as I've mentioned previously. The Bunny Bebop and Rocksteady are long gone. The the Mondo Gecko T-shirt just didn't do it for me. Okay, like yeah. I looked at it and it took me a while to actually work out what it was. Oh, okay, really? I was like, yeah. sure, this is Turtles related. Why am I taking so long? To, and then I had to scan my shelf. Oh, I see what it is. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. you know what? Maybe if it was like ripped at the bottom, I might like because the actual toy is you know he's got a midriff showing because it was the nineties. That's what we all did apparently. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do. It definitely I- would be if we were to get another wave of Loot Crate TMNT Ooh. stuff. What would your picks be first? You know the, the four. Uh, t- there's got to be a Tatsu figure, right? Do you think he's oh, a I don't. I think he's, he's too big for a loot crate. I think he's a loot crate or a mainstream. Well, because say, like, there'd be a number of people who they everyone knows the Shredder, everyone knows the Foot Soldier, and obviously the Turtles. Blah blah blah. Uh like you wouldn't do an April as a loot crate, right? No. And we know that that's coming anyway. But Tatsu is one of these guys that I don't think they've got the rights though. Well, anyway, I know yeah, they yeah. have now. Putting, so. putting, okay, putting okay. that aside, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I know they they have struggled to contact the family and all sorts of. Let's pretend that they could do a tattoo. If he showed up in a loot crate, would you be disappointed? No, no, because I'd be in. But I know that it it almost be disappointing that I th- I think he's too big for a loot crate. I you just know? I, I don't just, see I, I don't see yeah. tattoo getting a okay. regular release and getting yep. the numbers yep. that that, that yep. Necker would be happy with. I certainly wouldn't be disappointed because I'd be all I'd be all in. Yeah, I'd feel bad for perhaps the people who don't know about loot crate and you know whoever. It's the internet. Because I do think he could sell. But that's just my take. If you know who Tatsu is, then you probably know that Necker are doing loot crates and stuff. But you know what? Um, I'd I'd be all in on a human Baxter. I reckon he'd be cool. From the which From loot crate. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, the cartoon? Yeah. Right. That'd be interesting. Um, What's the kid in the second movie, Secret of the Use? Kino. Kino. Kino? Kino wearing the foot soldier outfit. Like just his, That's just super his, easy for just, them to yeah. do. I know, it? I know, yeah. but just just have it like a foot soldier outfit and then his regular head with the, yeah, the band. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good yeah. one because it is super easy. Yeah. And they could do a mainstream yeah. Kino yeah. in the main line. Yeah. I think they've got to do a... They've a got vanilla to do- ice. I <laughs> called it. Now that is the perfect loot crate because it that doesn't is. break your collection if he's not there. Yeah, yeah. But when it's there, you go, damn, yeah, vanilla yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah. Go Ninja Go I was going to say a shredder from Ninja Turtles 2. Where yeah, he the is, purple. Yep. He's yeah. got the. But he's got a lot of different. A- sorry to cut you off. He's got yeah, a lot yeah. of different accents. He's got a different helmet yep. with the uh, sort of Serrated. saw blade yep. Yep. look. And things and uh, yeah, so I but think I, they're I gonna. Think, I think largely his body's the same. Yeah, like yeah, you, you're the same yeah, body just yeah. with a purple wash instead yeah, of the red. Yeah. Um, you might have to. Max, I think even some of his arm blades are mangled right. because he was in the trash compactor sort yeah, of thing. Yep. Okay. I think it would be a cheap figure for Necker to do. Yeah. Different head, obviously, as you said, but that I could I could see that. Yeah, mm. I'd be all over that too because I think that that would be a really good 
Yeah, so so a lot from the movie. We haven't really said much, like from the arcade or the um. What what about like the, the um not Vernon but the uh, the girl? What's the Irma, Irma and, and so, now I think they they're sort of borderline. Uh, I think they're primed for a two pack. Okay. You do Irma yep. and um for argument's sake an Ace Dark or something yep. like that. Yep. Yep. Some of those yep. sort of c-list figures that may not yep. sell on their own but irma was in more episodes than most characters yeah, that's okay all right the series. i reckon the guys that dress up as the turtles you know the paper bags over their head because <laughs> we the got cro- are they crooked ninja the turtles? Because, turtle because, yeah. and i say that because we the pins <laughs> that we got we got yeah, scrag and the call, um the pin call. that you know looks like a square head Turtle, I reckon. Was yeah. Sprague part of that gang or was he part of Rocksteady and Bebop's gang? No, Rocksteady and Bebop. He was yeah, like in the very, yeah. very first episode That's what and I'm he for. appeared yeah, in the, yeah. like, the third or something. Yeah. So. But I also think that they, like seeing Scrag and, and the fact that you get both, you get the, the mutated with the bat head and it's even his arms, I think, if you look in the photos. I, I don't understand how they haven't done a Bebop and Rocksteady pre-mutated. That'll, that'll come, that'll come I reckon. Yeah. You reckon? They're, they're yeah. no-brainers. That, that because they've, they've done it in the toy line, you know. It, I mean, that's yeah. mutations, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'd be keen. I'm just yeah. like yeah. they do that. I'll be like, all with, right, with little I'm warthogs in... and uh, rhinos or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, like a, pre-mutated or, like, or, animals. or a or a um, <laughs> you know, like a hunter's uh, plaque of the heads. You know, you know, or, or something, something, some. I'm trying to yeah. say some pay, paying some homage yeah. to. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get you. I get you know, to they are, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as art. That would be cool. Would you like to see NECA do anything, same sort of concept? You get a figure, but the merch is unknown. Would you like to see any of the other properties that NECA had? Could they do this with a, I don't know, with an Aliens or a Godzilla or one of their other licenses? I'm I'm still hanging. So I'm very, very careful of what I buy with Aliens and Predator because I've just completely run out of room. Mm. But I will... um, I will go out of my way to buy an Alien Queen or something. Sure. You know, there's still a couple of Kenner reissue versions uh, that they're, I'm waiting for. Uh, they still haven't done the Predator Marines, like from the original Predator. Like, they, they haven't gone too deep past a, a Dutch. Yeah. So, uh, um, and I wonder if that's a case of in a line like yeah, Predator yeah. that the human characters just don't sell. Well, that and likeness. you got to pay royalties uh, and things. Yeah, it's I not a you. costume, sure. you know. You don't yep. need to pay anyone to to create a scorpion alien, yeah, you know, or right. a a flying alien queen or something. But you have but to pay. It just the... comes in the license from yes. the studio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Good calls though. I mean, and then you could go down the whole horror route and things. But then on the flip side, they've done that many damn Jason Voorhees and mm. you know, um, Freddy and all those, you know, characters. Um, you know, Hellraiser. Even you know, you could build the. Uh, the box. I've I would love to see them do Back box. to the Future this way. I was going to say, Back to the yeah. Future is not a bad one because there's a lot of, you know, sort of obscure, other than outside of obviously Marty and Doc yep. and Biff, there's a lot of what most people would consider obscure characters uh, from that that I could see you absolutely drooling over yeah, yeah, in yeah, a yeah. Back to the Future loot crate. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the things I think of just off the top of my head are things like, you know, Huey Lewis. For those who don't know, he's in the, the schoolroom audition scene at the start of the film as that teacher that says to to Marty and his band, You just I'm sorry, you're just too damn loud. <laughs> you know, um some that sort of stuff. Strickland, um, the principal yep. I reckon would be great in, in that some of Biff's gang I think could work well in that. ZZ Top from the third film. And then what, be- what about Defenders of the Earth? Oh, definitely. The kids, um, the, kids, the, kids yeah. would, the kids in the loop. I'd be away. I'd be away for that because, again, I, I, I love deep dives in, into lines, particularly lines that I grew up with that 
didn't have those character selections yeah. in in the original one. I think that's that's one of the advantages to bringing back an old property is that not only do you get to do the the stuff that was done before again, but you get to make it into or take it in a direction it was never previously taken. And could you imagine the merch in a Back to the Future stuff? Because it'd be so easy to do oh, with like sports done. almanacs and well, you could have, you could have sort of those Pepsi's and things. You yeah, know the, the old timey, yeah. you know, yeah. or yeah. futuristic yeah. stuff yeah. like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the newspaper um, from the you know that Doc shows Marty that's. Tomorrow's yeah, newspaper do, with, do like with a lenticular thing Marty where the, yeah. the, the photo disappears and yes. reappears of Marty and stuff. Yeah, yeah there's no, a lot they could do with there's it. There's a lot you could do with that. Um, I, I'd love to see, see a lot more of that stuff happen because at the moment, love the line, but it's six figures mm. and, and four of them are Marty. Exactly. And, you know, there's a Doc and there's a Biff. There's You need a, like a Lorraine and you stuff. You need a there, Lorraine, like, um, a Jennifer... Clara, George, you know, yep. Buford, Griff, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, I've got four years' worth of loot crates from Back to the Future alone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't we need to do any other lines. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> who who had so Bill much... and Ted's? Was that Necker? Necker as well. Because yeah, they've done them well. in the, like, the tiny tune, like yes, the yeah. tune style yeah. version. Bill yeah. and Ted's would be a good one. Bill and Ted well, would be Plenty of great. costume be, variants and yeah. things. I would be all in on a live action Bill and Ted, you know, sort of they do seven like, inch scale. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all in on, on a line like I'd be hard pressed to comes. like you know resist a George Carlin figure. Yeah, like, yeah, that would Rufus, be, yeah, oh. would be. Just oh. imagine Death Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Yeah, they do yes. Ace Ventura yeah, as well. That would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So many things you could. Do. They could they could reuse Rocksteady for the um, you know him coming out of the. Uh... <laughs> I think you've just ruined Davy. Davy can never look at Rocksteady the same way ever again. Now, <laughs> like now, we, now we know why Davy says that people he likes people better than yeah. Rocksteady. Ben's just done All right. that. All right, on that right note, there. we better wrap wow. up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, yes. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode. Big thanks to uh, Vinny uh, for joining us. Go check out his stuff. He has done is an amazingly eclectic and talented person who you know does ted talks on the side apparently absolutely so. and, and big thank you to trent for lining it up for us as well he may not be in the room with us tonight you but... can't credit him if he's not here that's not how show business works <laughs> <laughs> no that's thank true. you it's not but he did do the grunt work on that <laughs> he did and, and without him it wouldn't have been possible yep. so so him and Vinny, uh big thank you to both both and to everyone who's listened just want to say to everyone take care and stay safe um wherever you are in the world right now and until next time good journey you can find the toy power team at all the usual online places facebook.com slash toy power podcast at toy power podcast on both twitter and instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both itunes and stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome we are a proud member of the giant size team up network check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah.